You're listening to Our Two Cents with the team from SGL Financial, building wealth for life. Steve Lewitt is the president of SGL Financial, and Gabriel Lewitt is the CEO. They're here to discuss all the latest in financial news, trends, strategies, and more. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to SGL Financial's Our Two Cents podcast. We're, we're laughing here because producer Katie gives us a countdown when we start the show. And I usually wait. She does a countdown, then she clicks the record button. And today she did the countdown, and she didn't click the record button. I was like, I thought, are you ready? I, I thought you were just giving her a hard time. No, I would really. I, I get all jazzed up to do my intro, and I didn't see her hit the button. So, so. We got, we've got to get producer Kate a set of earphones so she can join in. What do you think? Uh, well, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Always. Well, something that we'll talk about. Well, okay. good morning, good morning, folks. Uh, Gabriel Louis here, joined, of course, by the other uh, half here, Stephen Lewitt. That is I. And we're uh, we're live from our podcast conference room studio here we on a Wednesday morning. Sunny. It is indeed, uh, folks. We are now in March. We're in spring. I think. When does spring start? Kate, when is it? You see, producer Kate. 21st. March twenty first. March twenty first. Yeah. And, so and when, when is daylight savings time? That, is that March twenty first? Also, I have no clue. Same no same clue day. Now. I think all I know is last Sunday or Saturday it was sixty seven degrees and it certainly felt like spring. It actually, almost felt like, like summer. Summer. Yeah. Yeah. So that was nice. But guys, hopefully you're doing well out there. Obviously, it's a uh, challenging time out in the world right now. And uh, as as we were talking about last time, uh, really just sad situation in Ukraine. So uh, again, our our uh, thoughts and uh, prayers and hopes for those folks out there really go out to them. Yep. And uh, once again, you know, we're going to hope for some sort of positive resolution that can come from this much sooner than later. Not looking good. Uh, but certainly that's what you've been hearing all about in the news. I think every time you pull up the news, that's about the only thing you see on there these days. So uh, we're not going to continue to... Uh, we dove, we dove deeper into that last time, so mm-hmm. we're going to talk about a few different topics here today, uh, just to keep uh keep you on your toes with different things that we're going to focus on. But certainly, if you have any questions about the uh, Ukraine situation, how it impacts the markets, which it certainly has, how it's impacting oil prices, which it certainly has, or how it's impacting you, uh, we're always, of course, here to help. And you can always go to our website, sglfinancial.com, and click Contact Us. And let us know how we might be able to help you. Yeah, I just want to say one thing, Gabriel, is that you can see the impact on the prices you're paying for gas and uh, for food. And we're going to see prices going up. So there's uh, adjustments in your budgets, folks, that you're going to really have to look at, especially if you're on a tight budget. It cost me, I was foolish enough to buy a car that needs high premium octane gas, $92 to fill up my gas tank. Mm which is incredibly ridiculous. But yet, I, I understand why, and it, it needs to be that way because uh, those sanctions are really important. But check your budgets and make sure, you know, just check them twice and make a list and make sure that you're not overspending because right now it's easy to do that. Certainly is, yeah. So that's good advice. If you haven't done that in a while, might be a good time to check on into your own budget. But uh, let's go ahead and uh, dive into some of the uh, items we've got prepared here for you today. What do we got? We've got a few different things. Uh, we've got some, uh, let's see, uh, some chicken with a side of pan- <laughs> French fries. No, I'm just teasing. No, nah, I know. We've got our first topic for today is uh, is whether or not do you have voices in your head 
Oh, that, we, we all have voices in our head, Gabriel. <laughs> that are talking to you about your money. Isn't and, it great that we don't have loudspeakers so oh people gosh. can hear what's in our heads? And the question is, what are those voices in your head telling you to do with your money, right? That's a great question. And yep. Yep. there's different types of voices if you or you know people talking to you. Have you ever seen one of those TV shows, I think, where they've got the, the, the angel on your left shoulder and you've got the devil on the right shoulder, mm. you know, both giving you different advice? Yep. You know, should I do this? Should I not do this? <laughs> yep. Devil says, oh, that's stupid idea. Do this. And angel says, no, that's a terrible idea. Do that. Mm-hmm. Right? So we can sometimes have these voices in our head pulling us in different directions. And and honestly, unless you talk about it with someone, it can be hard to work through that on your own. Yeah, because <clears throat> we all have biases. And those voices kind of repeat themselves. And we've learned them over the years. They're like little tape recorders going off. You know, you see this and you don't like, you like them. Well, why don't you take the lead? Because I'm going to steal your thunder. Oh, yeah. No, uh, steal oh. away. But uh, certainly, yeah. So as you were saying, uh, where do those voices come from? They come from a a lifetime of your own experiences and your own personal unique history and the course that you've charted through this uh, planet along yeah. the years. How you grew up, my, what mom and dad taught you, yeah. the kind of household, your teachers. Did you go to public school? Did you go to Catholic school? Did you go to uh, uh, Jewish school? Do you eat uh, hamburgers or chicken sandwiches? Yeah, so the, we're influenced by the society, by teachers, by community, and that goes into us and becomes like second nature, and it becomes a habit. And habits are the kind of things that we don't pay attention to. So we react certain ways. Like the market goes down, and even if some people have a good plan, they react with fear because that's what they've always done. Right. Yeah, so folks, the two voices that you're often going to have battling themselves or duking it out in your head are going to be, I mean, there could be many, but I'm going to list the main two that we see most often. Uh, The first is greed. He's kind of, you know, he's he's sitting on one shoulder. Could be a she. He or she, okay? Mm-hmm. Depends on how you picture your little greed person sitting mm-hmm. on your shoulder, mm-hmm. man or woman. Okay? And then you've got fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, he or she is on the other shoulder. Yep. Okay? Yapping at you. And both of those are... Uh, <laughs> Yelling at each other and and making a loud ruckus in your head that can make it hard to know what to do. Yeah. So let's let's break that apart, shall we? Yeah. I just want to say, greed and fear is is one of these uh, uh, these emotions really that drive almost all of our decisions. Yeah. So l- let me give you an example decision or a thought. Actually, more so like a thought. This could be something that you read. It could be a statement. It could be something you see on TV. You see it, you process it, and then you have your two voices, greed and fear, coming at it from different angles inside your head simultaneously. So, and and let me start with the first one here, and then as you, well, pause, and as you listen to this, think to yourself, okay, well, how am I reacting to this statement? And you'll probably identify you might have two reactions, potentially both greed and fear, or both, one one or the other. A lesson in self-observation. Yeah, so, okay, here's statement number one. The market is doing, uh, hypothetically, it isn't at the moment, but uh, the market, we'll talk about that in a second. The market is doing great right now. It's a good time to invest a little more aggressively to take advantage of the growth, okay? So let's say that you the market was going up like it was last year in December, mm-hmm. right? It had been, been a very good year. Uh, people will see that the market is doing great. 
and then they'll they'll the greed side of their shoulders says I should invest more aggressively. Yeah, but is it, but why? Because I I don't want to. I want to get my piece of the pie, piece of the action, and everybody else is getting it. And, mm-hmm. and I and why shouldn't I get it too? Yeah. And then what does the what does the fear side of the other shoulder say to that same question? Am I nuts? <laughs> <laughs> I could shoot myself in the foot here. This could ruin my retirement. Well, what if the market crashes in January? Exactly. Well, yeah. certain, sur- sure enough, it did, actually. I go to go down, not crash, but correction territory for the month of January and February so far. And so, so that's an example, right, as we see and encounter different uh, scenarios. So right now, let's take where we're at today, right? So that was a pretty common one back in December, January. Market's going up. I want a piece of the pie. The fear side says... Uh, what if this is the end of the bull market and the market corrects? Did you have clients coming in last year saying, should I get more aggressive in my portfolio? You know, I did have a couple. Yeah, you I, know, had a ju- I had a few. Just because, you know, or, or a counter version of that is someone is aggressive and they say, should I take chips off the table now? Yep. Or, you know, the greed side says, no, I want to keep getting my share of the pie. And the fear side says, absolutely. You should take your chips off the table. What if this thing crashes? Yeah, go to cash. So, so you can view it from both from both sides there. Right, right. Okay, but how about right now? Hey, the market is uh, is rocky and volatile. Uh, I should sell to cash to protect myself and ride this thing out. I have heard that from a number of people that I've talked to, you know, come to see me in in recent months. And so, what is the what is the fear side, which is what's prompting that, trying to accomplish? Well, fear always. Is a protection to me of not being hurt. You know, I'm afraid of something because it's going to hurt me. The market going down could really hurt you because it could ruin your life. You won't have enough money to spend, can't give gifts to your grandkids, can't give charitable money, and it hurts. You know, it hurts all that hard work money lost in, well, look at it now. The market's down like 18%, I think. Or something. NASDAQ. Yeah. NASDAQ is down 18%. And, you know, that hurts to see the money go down, even if you can afford it. Mm-hmm. So we want to avoid pain, and fear is the avoidance of pain. That's what it is, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, the greed side, you might say, hey, it's a, um, the market's going to rebound. I don't want to miss out on that. I, uh, gosh, it'd be the worst time for me to sell. You know, what if it goes right back up? And so, folks, you know, this is the challenge that you face as you are, you know, dealing with your finances, dealing with your investments is you, you get these internal conversations from both sides, very commonly driven by fear and greed uh, that can constantly can battle inside your head and can drive you crazy if you don't have a clear cut game plan of how to address those. Now, I have a question for you, Gabriel. Yes. All right. Of those two, fear and greed, which is normally more powerful? Normally, uh, there's data that shows that uh, uh, people you know uh mm-hmm. really it's fear okay it's loss actually mm-hmm. uh, loss is a more powerful um driver or motivator than than, than yeah, gain yeah. Gainer, fear you know. fear is the number is a bigger driver than greed in other words people would rather not lose than make mm-hmm. does that make sense oh yeah yeah so mm-hmm. and that fear will prohibit people from making good decisions yeah because it's like stops them and says i'm afraid i can't do that i well, can't i can't leave my money in the market it's going down that's actually a i think a, a reason <laughs> behind per, analysis paralysis have you ever heard that folks yeah, of course you a, have you know you're you're so afraid that every choice you think about is going to be the wrong choice <laughs> that you just decide i'm going to do nothing <laughs> 
right? So, so yeah, you got to be aware of yourself and how you think. I'll give you another example. You know, people saying, uh, is it the right time to retire? Hmm. Okay. You, you've got two, in many cases, I just had a conversa- a review with a client uh, yesterday, and uh, they were saying, gosh, you know, I, I'm pretty happy, but uh, I could retire, but I, I, I still worry a little bit uh, that I won't have enough money. And I, it's funny because I can look at them and say, hey, your plan says no matter, I mean, we literally could stress test this with a 3% rate of return for the next 30 years. And you're fine, but someone will still say, I still worry a little bit that I'm not going to have enough I money. had a client just take another job that doesn't need to work. I mean, it's, yeah. not, it's not even close. And went back to work because afraid they're going to run out of money. Yep. And so this, this is the, the challenge. That's, that's the irrationality. Well, that we all face it, right? We you all know, do it, yeah. It's hard to, uh, hard to digest and figure out the right uh, answer to it. Well, yeah, I had French fries on my desk yesterday. And I know they're bad for me, so the little angel is saying, don't eat those things. <laughs> and the other one on the other side is saying, ooh, those look that good. Green. <laughs> they yeah. were great. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a hard – I struggle with that battle just about every day. Yeah. You know, French don't. fries or no French fries. Yeah. That is the question. I love French fries. So, so, folks, you know, think about that, right? As you approach your decision – and this is not that we're trying to harp on a plan, which we always do harp on, the importance of having a plan. But your plan will help you answer and navigate through these questions. But you do have to trust in your plan, right? So if you look at your plan and it says, "Gosh, you know, you're going to be you're going to be fine for the next thirty years, no matter what," because we've 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 stre- we've tested it, right? You've got to believe that so you can allow yourself to, you know, do what you really want to do and don't let fear or greed stop you and get in the way of what's really most important for you. So yeah, think of it this way: if I can put my Doctor Steve psychological hat on. So fear and greed are like uh, real big emotions and always moving. How do you ground, get grounded? Because those things will take you, you know, to the fear or the greed side. They're just, they're emotions that move you. Mm-hmm. The grounding where you plant your feet is something that is not debatable. And what's not debatable or very little debatably, very little mm. debatable, <laughs> Uh, uh, hardly debate. Well, you know oh, what I mean, folks. Sort of, <laughs> sort of debatable <laughs> is a plan. That structure, you know, yeah. and that structure is what centers you, so the greed and fear don't take over. Correct. Yes. Yes. Folks, yes. Uh, by I the did, way, I you do don't... therapy every Sunday. At Where's one your o'clock. hat? I don't see <laughs> it. You said you're going to put on your hat. I did. Well, I don't see a hat. Yeah, I have, it's my earphones. <laughs> I have my therapy earphones on. Uh, so, yeah, folks, you know, give us a call, 847-499-3330, or go to sglfinancial.com, click Contact Us, and maybe we can help you navigate through this. Uh, we've been through this a lot with hundreds of clients. Uh, we've seen these types of feelings before. We can help you determine how to best address them. But it all starts with you just being self-reflective and saying, huh, oh, yeah, recognizing that in myself, and I should probably figure a way to... To solve that yeah, or, or tackle feel, that. If you feel like you're in the rapids uh, going down with a raft without an oar and you're getting pushed and pulled and headed for a big rock, you need a rapids guide. <laughs> All to, I could think of when you said that is my kids, you know, not too much recently, they used to watch Charlie Brown and there was a Charlie Brown movie where they were, there's you know the classic scene where you're floating down a raft and then there's a left branch and a right branch and, uh-huh, yeah. and the left one's the calm one and the right one's the rapids and then of course the... The bully in the front flips the sign, so oh. <laughs> you think you're going down the calm one, but you go down the class five rapids, and yeah, that bully uh, is flipping the sign on <laughs> all of us all the time. Yeah, we we can help you go down the smooth sailing path. That's always the goal. Okay, 
All right, uh, second, uh, let's see, segment we've got lined up for you today is uh, switching gears a little bit here, a little bit more on the, the practical side. Uh, you may have or you know, or will encounter as you go through your planning journey a, a bunch of different letters mm, uh, behind people's names. Jargon. Well, so jargon is a more broadly encompassing term, but these in particular are called credentials. Oh, my gosh. Okay, it's a type of jargon. Yeah. Uh, but you'll see them all over the place in the financial industry, and we thought that we would, you know, just chat about them for a few and try to help you make some sense of what those letters mean. Mm. Uh, it's kind of funny. Internally, uh, we have a phrase or that that's very common in our industry. They call it the alphabet soup. Okay, <laughs> why is it called the alphabet soup? Because some guys are just so. Some advisors or guys or gals are just so hung up on having as many letters as possible at the end of their name to give the impression that they really know their stuff. I saw a business card <laughs> the other day from an advisor, <laughs> and under his name, you know, next to his name, yeah, I mean, went all the way across the card. I, I said, <laughs> man, does this guy advise or do you all spend all of his days <laughs> yeah. in school, you know? Yeah. So, so okay, so what does that mean, right? You know, you, you see behind, like, if you look at my business card, you're going to see comma CFB. Well, with a little trademark sign. What does that mean? Okay, well, CFP stands for Certified Financial Planner. And that's uh, one of the, you know, uh, uh, leading, you know, highest uh, designations out there for financial planners uh, in the industry. Uh, Very, very rigorous test and exam to qualify for that, experience requirements and more. So that's a very, you know, important thing to understand. What are those letters, right? If you go to another advisor and you see, you know, comma, um, C, uh, CSA, okay? What is that? Well, that was one that had a lot of controversy back in the day called a Certified Senior Advisor. You know what it really was, folks? It was a, it was a one-hour test after a self-study open book, test. open book test, right, that said, okay, now you're, you're certified to be a senior advisor. So you've got to pay attention to these credentials and which ones have weight, which ones don't. Uh, why do people, advisors, you know, in our industry feel the need to have alphabet soup? Does it really make a difference or matter? Uh, those are some of the things that we wanted to unpack here over the next few minutes. Okay. Oh, okay. So I'm, uh, gonna, I'm going to let you take the lead on this. <laughs> well, why don't you talk about what, you know, you've got, a, you've got some, some letters. Yeah, so I what have, are a, your, I have <laughs> a CEP, which is a Certified Estate Planner. Mm-hmm. I have an MARFC, which is a Mastered Registered Financial Consultant, both fairly rigor- rigorous, not like the S- CFP. CFP is, you know, I never went for the CFP. Kind of, I don't know why I never did. Uh, maybe it's because I've got, you know, 30 years of experience and I felt I didn't need that. So my on my calling card, you know, I have some letters, but I don't think they're very important, Gabriel. Well, I, you I know, think, you know, you got to get into the trenches and, and fight the fight and do the battle and talk to the people. Yeah, it, well, I want to, yeah, I think that's the first question, okay? So how important are they? Well, on one hand, they certainly give you... Uh, some confidence that there's a base level of knowledge, right, for a meaningful credential. Yes. Right. The C the CEP that you have, Certified Estate Planner, means you, you know you're going to have at the very minimum some base knowledge about estate planning. I mean, you know, I know the you, language, or I know the quite words. a good amount of estate planning experience. Yeah. But uh, on the surface, you know, the credential itself is just one part, right? You you want to look at the totality. Uh, what kind of firm does the advisor have? Is it a big firm? Are they a really small advisor that doesn't see many clients? I think, you know, at the end of the day, would you want the pilot that is out there that's flown one flight 
Finnish right? school, top Finnish of his school, co- top has of his a, class. You know, has a comma pilot at the end of his name, but's flown two flights and a couple test flights or whatever. They, I'm sure they have more than that. But or would you want the one that's you know been in the business thirty years that's flown you know fourteen thousand flights across all weather conditions? Or in theory, you could have both, right? You could have a credential and experience, which I think I think is really going to be. The, I think that's the best combination. The best com- but but sure. the experience is going to always be. That's going to be the key thing, right? Making sure whoever you work with is experienced, and that, folks, that is the advantage of working with an advisor. When you come to your retirement planning, this is your first time ever in your life that you've done retirement planning for a supremely complicated subject. Do you really want to be winging that on your own, you know, figuring it out the first time, or is it going to be more advantageous to work with someone that's gone through it with a thousand other clients before you and can see it from a different angle than perhaps you can see it yourself just getting into it for the very first time? I think there's another level here, Gabriel, in, in, in that, you know, okay, so I go see my general practitioner, my doctor, and he's a generalist. But like you, you've got my folks, my soccer-playing son, <laughs> destroyed his knee. Yeah, folks. I'm, if you've seen me the last couple of weeks, some of you have, uh, just coming for your review or meeting. You see me hopping around. It's because I tore my ACL. Looks well, so. technically, 99% sure. Doctor's 99% sure. I've got the MRI tomorrow. So we'll, we'll get confirmation there. But, yeah, but no, by all accounts, tore my no, ACL. The, the my doctor right you went to, was, was that just a doctor or was he a specialist? Well, I went to the nose doctor. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. He looked at my and knees. He, he, he knows the, my, he knows he around knows, your, oh, around he your knees. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, well, he said he looked at my my knee and said, "You need to go see a knee doctor." Exactly. No, I'm kidding. I didn't go. But I went straight to the so knee doctor. Advisors, That's what a nose doctor would say. So advisors <laughs> are generalists and specialists. They're you know, it's not just enough to say, "Okay, I'm I'm going to this advisor who has these credentials and 20 years in the business," but 20 years in what part of our business? Right. You know, we right. focus and live and eat and sleep retirement. That's a whole different world. Well, than and we also, in some, years some way, specialize. It doesn't seem like it's a specialty, but it really is, folks. Uh, holistic planning definitely is yeah. a specialty because many advisors out there, uh, they take the CFP and they then get into a pure investment role where all they do is manage your money and they don't do really any of the other excuse me, aspects of planning that's involved in holistic financial planning. Or, you know, interestingly enough, you'll find, a, you know, there could be a CFP out there that uh, does some planning but completely ignores anything and everything insurance, right? You know, that's, that's a massive part of financial planning, and many, many advisors, even ones, even ones with CFPs, know nothing about that side of the business. Well, even in the CFP curriculum, Gabriel, you know, you went through yeah. it. There's not a lot. Well, there's a fairly good amount on insurance, which is ma- what is what makes it all the more surprising. Uh, the CFPs out there, just to pick on them a little, even though I am one, but the ones that don't do anything with insurance because it is a big key part of planning, big key part of the curriculum. And then many CFPs that work at advisory firms say, "Oh no, 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 we don't do insurance. <laughs> you got to go to you know so and so insurance well, guy." Follow, follow. So how, how do you do holistic planning if you don't do insurance? And insurance is a big part of holistic well, planning. How are you a fiduciary if you don't cover all right. the possible? solutions, strategies, and products that are out there on the market. Yeah. So, so folks, we're, we're now diving into a few kind of ripple effects of these designations, but here's the key, right? 
which designations have more weight than others and which ones are one-hour weekend courses, okay, it's important to understand the difference between those. Uh, you know, CFP is a, is a big one. CPA, we've got two CPAs in-house to help with tax preparation, tax planning. That's a huge deal, right? CPAs are, you go through extensive, rigorous coursework and examinations to become a certified public accountant. Exactly, but this is how hard it is for you folks to know, understand what's going on. We just got an advertisement the other day <laughs> with CPA, become a CPA one-day course. Yeah. And what was but it, it? Certified something. No, it, was, um, it wasn't certified public account. It had the same. <laughs> they used the exact same initials and the same style of letters. It was like certified plan and something or, you know, right, I don't know, right. whatever it was. Become but, a CPA, one day course, you'll have your certificate. Yeah. So you got to be really careful because those letters can be misleading or they can be one-day courses or two-hour open book tests. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are there got to be, I think the list I saw had to have 70 different Well, res- <laughs> another one that's on. funny, okay, another one. So certain ones have the requirements to be a fiduciary, okay? Certified financial planners are required to be fiduciaries. Uh, someone who's a IAR, which is technically not a credential, but an investment advisor representative, someone that's taken their Series 65 exam. We are those as well. That's how we... Uh, it's called being securities licensed. Uh, we're what's part of what's called a registered investment advisory firm. They're required to be fiduciaries. All right. But there, are, hold on. What I, the point I was going to make? There are people out there that can go take that are not required to be fiduciaries that can go take a credential, okay, that says they're a fiduciary, but then any agreement that you do with those folks doesn't actually have their fiduciary obligation in writing. There's no legal responsibility. <laughs> so it's just, you know, folks, there's, you just got to be, you know, cautious as you're out there looking around. Make sure you focus on both, you know, the smart credentials, CFPs, CPAs, CEPs, you know, things that we've got here. Also make sure you're focusing on experience. You know, I've been doing this almost 17 years. You've been doing this 30 years. Uh, experience really counts. Counts a lot. Gabriel, explain to our our listeners what's the difference between a broker mm-hmm. and an investment advisor. Yeah, so so broker versus investment advisor. Investment advisor naturally, hence the name, investments will will typically help you manage your money, maybe help you with asset allocation, a portfolio, charge a fee, charge a fee. Uh, a broker typically helps you broker trades. Okay, so more of a trader than a manager of your investments can can manage some of your investments but will more often than not you call your broker up i want to buy 10 shares of apple i want to sell or your bro- or broker calls you and says hey i've got a hot one right. for you correct yep yeah. uh investment advisors series 65 they have a fiduciary obligation a broker does not uh so what does that mean it means you know broker can recommend a uh, stock to you churn an account I recommend a new stock. Maybe both stocks are good for you, but he's he's creating commissions for himself by doing that. Maybe that's not in your best interest, but it's suitable for you. That's called suitability standard, very common in the brokerage world versus fiduciary standards, which we've also internally here said there's now a secondary level of fiduciary standard called a holistic fiduciary because half of the fiduciaries are more out there in the industry, don't do anything with insurance, and thus are giving you biased advice by that very nature, Cool, which we don't. We give good, you unbiased good. advice across a whole unbiased range. Good of job. Options. So when a when a client comes in and says, "Well, I talk to my broker every week," mm. we know that that broker is not necessarily acting. He's acting suitably 
but not necessarily well, in the you, best you interest had, of that You had client. a client the other day mm-hmm. that's with a fiduciary advisor yep. uh, that's d- in discussions with you about working together. With quite a lot of money, too. Okay, yeah. and, and his fiduciary advisor, uh, the guy's in bonds, and bonds, of course, are in a bad spot right now, and there's a whole world of possible all bond alternatives that are better than bonds in today's market especially, uh, mostly in the insurance realm, that that advisor says are no good. He didn't even bring them up. Didn't even bring them up, bring them up or we'll say they're no good. Right, exactly. Now, how can a entire product classification just purely be no good? That millions of people <laughs> own and have been Is successful it possible with? that he should bring it up and see if you like it? Mm. Of course he should. That's what a real fiduciary would do. But you can't go out there and say an entire product class with trillions of dollars of assets is just simply no good. That's not being a true fiduciary. So, folks, keep that in mind as you're assessing you know, advisors out there that you've got suitability standard, you've got uh, fiduciary, non-holistic, and then you've got holistic fiduciary. That's really what you're aiming for. Uh, you've got credentials. You've got experience. All those things matter. You've got the team that's assembled. Uh, but hopefully this has been helpful to navigate some of the jargon and everything else that's out there uh, because there's a lot of it, and it can be hard to noodle your way through. Okay. Now, I don't want to take up too much of our time. We've got a couple minutes left here. We've got a very important segment. Uh Uh-oh. Your favorite. Uh Uh-oh. It's like making sure you save room for dessert. Uh, I'm going to blame this on (laughs) Kate, the producer here. We said we would do it last time. We're we're men of our words over here. We're going to do getting to know Steve. And Gabriel. (laughs) Oh, yeah. This is a two-way street. Yep, so uh, we're going to get to know you, Steve okay. here today. And I know, I always go first. Okay, we're, we're going to, well, that's because, yeah, you do. I can't ask myself. Age before beauty, right? Of course. <laughs> um, age before wisdom? Okay. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you can't score points that way. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to ask you the, uh, the first question uh, here is, uh, well, I don't no. I won't ask this one. Should well, I ask this one? It's it's, it's on the list of possible. It questions sounds like producer, fun. Producer I, Katie put it together here, so you can blame her. Okay. What's something you do that makes you feel old? Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's interesting? I rare, I rarely feel old. I know you don't. You're you're the youngest, I, I mean, I, most energetic feeling person I know. I think. Yeah, it's like it, I don't. Count, you know, I don't count. I have no sense of time, like years. I, I don't know how that got built into me. I look in the mirror. When I look in the mirror and really look. Now you made me feel sad for asking that question. <laughs> yeah, right. No, it's okay. I mean, people, <laughs> people get old. You know, when you get old, your body changes, you know, and there's a reality to that that, for me, is hard to accept. Yeah. I, accept, I don't even think about it, but when I, get, when I look in the mirror and I say, hmm, you know, I'm looking old. <laughs> In the mirror, older than I was, (laughs) you know, older than I was. Yeah. You know, it's kind of freaky to see yourself that way and say, and not realize that that's going on, Yeah, because it kind of sneaks up on you. That is, uh, yeah. Actually, it's funny. uh, What were we, producer Kate, she also helps with some marketing stuff. I think we were looking at a picture from like 10 years ago, me in business at at an event, a client event. I was like, God, I look young there. Yeah, <laughs> Which exactly. By, by yeah. reverse, made me look yeah. really, made me feel really old today. I'm like, gosh, I 
wow, I have gray hairs now. I yeah, look you know, I, I, I work out. Weight. I work out every day. I work out, but yeah. you know what? I can't work out like I, when I was a tennis pro. I worked out. You know what day. else makes me feel old right now? My uh, torn ACL. Your and torn my right ACL. Knee. Right. My goodness. <laughs> Gosh, actually, let me explain one last funny thing on that. We were going, we were cleaning out our closet uh, two days ago, and we had a big bin of old electronics. And my my son and daughter were down there. Um, my youngest Ava was already asleep, and we're going through this, and and there's this shiny object here that uh, that they picked up, and they're like, Dad, what is this? I'm like, Well, that's that's a camera. <laughs> and he's like, What's oh. a camera? Because you know nowadays they just take pictures on our phones. Sure. But I had all these old cameras, pre-phones, you know, pre-phone cameras that I actually, I have to go into a matrix and have old pictures on them before I throw them out. But yeah, they were just stashed in an old bin. Yep. You know, I remember I used to carry it around out to the, you know, I go out uh, to uh, uh, with friends. I'd carry a camera on a little wristlet around my wrist, you know, to take uh, pictures. Yeah. You know, because you didn't have, you had a flip phone with no I camera. Found, I found uh, about two months ago, I found a box full of uh, CDs. Yeah. You know, uh, not CDs, uh, tapes. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, old time tapes that you've pushed in. And yeah. It, I forgot, what do you call those tapes? Or cassettes. Cassettes. Thank yeah. you. And it had, it had, it's like, where did this come from? Yeah. But. People don't know what that, young people don't know what that is. Well, funny, I, the second story for the same box of electronics, there was a bunch of discs in there with some old video games. And my uh-huh. son's six, he's getting into video games. He's Dad, what are these? I'm like, these are video games. Like, he looks at me like, what do you, what do you mean? What do you like, mean? <laughs> what do you do? Because nowadays you download something on, on Steam or on your computer yeah. to play. <laughs> he didn't know what the disc was. It was really kind of funny. So, yeah, folks, a uh, little uh, little bl- uh, blast down memory lane. Well, we're, we're kind of out of time here, folks. We, we don't want to keep you too long. Wh- what we'll do is we'll do a special round two of getting to know Gabe and Steve next time. Mm. So we uh, we get you a little bit more of the juicy See, gossip. Yeah, I just got nostalgic. <laughs> I'm thinking of all the things that I have that people don't know what they are. Yeah. What's a typewriter? You, uh, yeah. What's a, a Xerox machine? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got a fax the other day, and I was like, we still take faxes? Faxes, right. <laughs> I'm like, what? Hey, do you have any carbon paper? Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, hey, have a wonderful uh, rest of your day and week here. Uh, thanks for tuning into our show. We enjoy having you, as always. If you have questions, go to sglfinancial.com. Click Contact Us. Make sure you tell your friends about our show. It's the uh, greatest compliment you can give. And uh, we, uh, we appreciate your listenership. So have a wonderful day. Sure do. Stay we, well. Uh, and we'll talk to you soon. Stay well, everybody. Bye now. Thanks for listening to Our Two Cents with Steve and Gabriel Lewitt. For any questions about your finances, give SGL a call at 847-499-3330 or visit us on the web at sglfinancial.com. And be sure to subscribe to join us on next week's episode. Investment advisory services are offered through SGL Financial LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance and other financial products are offered separately through individually licensed and appointed agents.